What's good, everybody? It's your girl, Jay Finney, who Epic Talks. Now, last week, we were able to speak to the CEO of the Black Dollar Bank, and she most definitely broke it down to us about the value of the Black Dollar. But this week, we're actually going to come back with some more financial tips and things of what you can do with your wallet personally. So I actually found one of these amazing people, and come to find out, we uh, we actually went to the same college a little bit. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Got a little bit all of matter power in here. So we have Jaquila Ross right here in Milwaukee. She's going to be joining us today. Say, hey, girl, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. No so, problem at all. So for people who don't know or are quite familiar with you and what you do, can you let the people know? Yes. So my name is Jaquila Ross. I'm also known as the finance girl with the youth. I am a native of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I currently work for UW-Whitewater as an accounting professor and also for um, MATC. And I also have my own business, Ross Financial, where I provide accounting services for growing businesses and tax preparation and also financial um, coaching sessions as, as well. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what? I did not know all of that. That is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. This is great. So how long have you been uh, teaching at UW-Whitewater? So I've been at Whitewater, I believe this is coming up on my fourth year teaching there. Wow. Yeah, this is my fourth year teaching there, but I've been teaching in general since 2017. I've taught at quite a few schools in the Milwaukee um, area, but Whitewater is my um, current, Whitewater and MATC are my current two places. Wow, that is awesome. Yes, yes. I love this black girl magic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, because um, one, I feel like when it comes down to money, for some reason, it's a, people get real personal about money. Like they really, I don't know. It's like a they automatically put up a wall or something sometimes when they talk mm -hmm. about money. Absolutely. Now, in your profession, do you think that's just like a cultural thing, or do you think that's just across the board? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, one, I think it's a, it's a, definitely a thing across the board where everyone, when it comes to money, everyone is very private, and, you know, a lot of folks tend to be shameful. I can say as being a black woman, um, you know, with not being financially things growing up, it's definitely become a thing that becomes super private, and you become ashamed and embarrassed. You know, I can tell you, when I was younger, I wouldn't want to go to a black seller. And I'm like, well, I don't want them in my business. I don't want them to my business to anybody. And, you know, that just, looking back at that, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why why should I feel like that about going to somebody, you know, of my own kind? But, you know, I think in that aspect, it can be from a culture thing where we're just in areas that we're not where we want to be at. And we don't want people to think certain things about us. Right. And, you know, potentially go tell other folks that we feel like, you know, everybody, know everybody. Right. So it's like, oh, I don't want them in my business, so let me avoid going to them as far as, like, you know, being in my financial business. That applies across the board, you know, when it comes to getting a black doctor, like therapist, like nail tech, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sometimes we hold each other to a certain standard, and we just need to, like, take a step back and, like, why do I even think like that and reevaluate those things? But, yeah, money is... But overall, money is an issue across the board. It's definitely not not only a race issue. It's a bigger issue, you know, obviously within the black community for sure. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. 
And I think for me personally, I'm honestly, and I can I can put myself out there. I really didn't start to be very knowledgeable about finances until like now. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, when I, I was, yeah, like I wasn't. I don't know. It's like life gets real once you hit that 26 mark. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was about 27, 28 for me. <laughs> yeah, so I, and I was know. like, oh, okay, I'm almost 30. <laughs> Let me get my life right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so last week we were actually able to speak to um, the Black Dollar Bank, and um, they was basically they they are a company who um, right now they're doing a campaign for Black businesses like across the entire country where they actually mm-hmm. created their own like a system as you will it's kind of like a i don't know how to explain it but uh basically they recycle funds with um with black businesses across the country so i was like okay cool mm-hmm. and uh she spoke about that a little bit as well like the commu- uh black community and finances and things and such so i was like well you know that is great but you know i think it's one of those things where you can't really try to go out and preach to the world if you don't have your own house together, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, so this week, I hopefully, what I want to try to get people to get to is how can we get our own wallet and our own financial situation together? So what would you yeah, say exactly. are the top things that, uh, that a person would need most definitely right now to make some moves? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the number one thing is discipline. <laughs> um, and that all starts within. And, you know, mentally you have to think, like, I need to be disciplined with my money. And no one can teach you discipline. It's it's all, you know, something that you have to do. I can tell you, tell somebody everything they need to do. They can come to me for a financial coaching session. I can talk to them until I turn which is impossible because I'm black. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I can literally talk all day. But if you don't have discipline, none of it matters. You can come keep coming to me and hand me for a coaching session. You can come to whatever workshop I have. You can listen to finance or all the time. But if you don't have discipline, it's, you're, you're going to get nowhere. So mm-hmm. that's the number one thing. The second, you know, with that, you need to create a budget. You know, people need to sit down and actually write down where their money is going. Being on a budget doesn't mean you're being cheap. And unfortunately, that is a misconception mentally that a lot of people have. Like, oh, somebody say on the budget, they mean you're being cheap. No, it just means that they're smart and they know exactly where every dollar of their money is going. So you need to sit down and create a budget every single month. Within that budget, you need to make sure that you're saving at least 10% of your income having three to six months of savings will come in handy when things such as a pandemic comes along and all of a sudden you lose your job and unemployment does not kick in right away there are still thousands of people who have not received unemployment you know unfortunately when this time you know and if we position ourselves where okay i can save up three to six months of, of an emergency savings for a true emergency you won't feel as stressed because then when you're stressed, that deals with your health, that deals with how you interact with other people, and it's essentially a ripple effect. Yeah. So, all in all, discipline, have a budget, and save at least 10% of your income to build a three- or six-month emergency savings. Mm. Nice. 
are there any like um like apps or anything like that you kind of recommend to people to kind of really get started on that absolutely um there's this one app and it's free it's called mint m-i-n-t and they actually they're really good at like sending you emails letting you know like hey you have a deposit or hey you spent quite a bit on this category here's your summary for the week i really do like that app there's another one called every dollar they have a free version and then they have a monthly subscription version where they can um pretty much do a little bit more for you but those two have tend to be um very helpful for folks so you know you can manage the, your budget do the budget right on your phone so it's right at the palm of your hand because we tend to be very addicted to our phones nowadays mm-hmm. so right. yeah mm-hmm. i totally recommend those two apps but again it's a matter of really sitting down and making sure that you do your budget. You can download all these apps and things, but if you don't truly sit down and do it and be, you know, intentional about it, you're going to get a little, little to nowhere. What I tend to find is that people are scared. And I yeah. get it. Yeah. I, I understand. We have to mentally work on getting past that part yeah. and looking at the numbers to see what's really good mm-hmm. so that we can do better. And you you'll feel so much better and things are not as bad as we think like some people think like oh my god i don't know where my money is going is this it's because you're not sitting down and doing a, dis- a budget to see where your dollars are going and then once you put a budget together you be like oh I, I do make some good money or i do i can't have some money like oh, i just need to stop spending money i'm going out to eat all the time right <laughs> <laughs> or buying clothes or you know going to target or amazon like mm-hmm. that's what it all boils down to that yeah, those two apps are definitely very helpful. Now, where do you think those kind of behaviors came from? I think a lot of it's um, we're easily influenced by um, the media, and then even more so with social media. Um, I think a lot of folks, you know, want to have a certain image in life, and what the reality is, folks who they're looking at with this certain image are more than likely broke. Mm. And we don't tend to realize or think about that. It's just that. And a lot of us think in the now. We don't think about the future. We think about what do I need and what do I want right now. Mm. We don't think about how is this decision going to impact me financially later. So, I, I and that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I just think a lot of folks are just trying to live in a certain image that's truly what they like to represent. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we go out and just spend way too much money on unnecessary things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you have any? Um, so, what would be some good tips and um, habits to really get ourselves together for the future? Um, definitely make sure that you're saving for retirement. You know, along with those, you know, I just gave those other things as like my top three. But then the next one is actually going to be saving for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have to be thinking about the next day. You know, people have this mindset of YOLO. Um, and we can't think like that. You know, there are so many people who I know who retire from their job that they've been working 20, 30 plus years, but didn't have to go work a part-time job because they can't get by to Social Security. And they have little to no retirement funds to live off of. Yeah. So we really need to get better and intentional about saving for our part Stop taking money from your 401k if you truly don't need it. I understand that circumstances come up. 
I'm definitely not one to judge. You know, if it really, if it boils down to it, do that as a last resort. But don't take money from your 401k. That's money for your future. Um, mm. And the testimony on that is horrible. Yeah. I've had so many people come to me for tax services and have to pay that 10% penalty, and it, no one ever educates them. They think, oh, they already took taxes out. Yeah, they took taxes out, and now there's a penalty because you're not 55 and a half years old. Um, I mean, sorry, I think it's 57 and a half years old up there. <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, retirement and saving for the future is huge. Well, you, who wants to work for the rest of their life? I don't. Right. I want to be a retired one day and enjoy life and not have to be stressed or worried about money. I don't want to live my last days stressed out about money. Right, right, right. Are there, like, um, what, what would be some, like, resources for those who who are not very knowledgeable about like okay retirement accounts what you talking about like type stuff <laughs> yeah absolutely you know when it comes to things such as that i highly recommend getting a financial advisor so i mean personally myself i'm not a financial advisor advisor i'm a coach a financial advisor and someone who tends to sell products such as um retirement accounts insurance accounts you know things as such i'm a, co- a coach where you know i pretty much get people to like get on track with the budget, figure out some saving techniques and things that you know, and, and it, you know, what business strategies, you know, this strategies that I do as far as my money, that's what I do. So an advisor, you know, I know two people, you know, they're James Bell and Erica Wright. Uh, they have their own business, two, two um, African-Americans in here in the city of Milwaukee who are phenomenal at what they do and they're very passionate about it. So, if you're someone who don't have, like, a retirement plan with your employer, let's say you're self-employed, get a financial advisor such as J.D. or Erica, and they can set you up on, you know, a retirement plan, what's best for you, how much money to put into it. I recommend at least 15% of your income. Um, you know, if you can't do the whole 50%, at least start with something. Mm-hmm. We'll work towards getting, getting that 15 percent of your income going towards retirement per month. Okay, okay. Um, and then, so my next question. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are um, what they like to do as well too. You have those people who like to save their money, like in a in a mattress and then <laughs> in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I feel like there's also um, you. I probably I've seen it a couple times where people like saying like, "Oh, your money's not safe in a bank, or you're losing money, or things like that." Is there any truth to that, or what do you have to say about that? That's not true. So the bank, um, so our monies in the bank are definitely insured up to two hundred thousand dollars per account. So if my money in bank, totally safe. Somebody has your account, you know, unfortunately the bank was actually take the measures and give your money back. Now, don't get me wrong. There has been four stories where some folks tried to jump through loops at the loop. I had no problem personally because unfortunately somebody was able to copy her debit card number but at the end of the day she was able to re- um, recover her funds. But, <laughs> so wow. things can happen unfortunately you know, because there are just bad people out here. But I would definitely trust my money more being in the bank. Being in my mattress because if somebody come break into my house for my money I'm not going to be able to get that back, but if somebody hacked my account, the bank is going to give me my money back because it's insured. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, those are all myths. And some people just, you know, 
living that mindset, unfortunately, we have to truly grow from that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's all a mental thing that we're just going to have to get through. Mm, yeah. And, and then another question, if you're able to explain this for us, um, what what would you say are the differences between a regular bank and, like, a credit union? Yeah, so, you know, a regular bank tends to, you know, as best as I can explain it, charge more fees. Typically, you have to, like, pay, you know, for your um, account. Some, a, lot of, a lot of them will have free checking, but um, in many cases, there's, you know, a lot of fees associated, you know, if you overdraft fees, it's going to be way more money. Um, and, you know, they'll continue to, you know, charge you all the time. A credit unit is more so, like, it's, some of them are, like, owned by the people. Like, I know with educators, everybody who has an account with them are the owners of, you know, the credit unit. And they tend to have the, you know, a little, a little bit more um, friendly when it comes to getting different type of products in them, such as loans, the interest tends to be a little bit lower, and checking is usually free, and automatically they set you up on the savings account. Sometimes with some banks, depending on the savings account you get, you know, there are some restrictions to it as far as how many times you can take money out, how much money you need to have in there. It obviously varies by the bank, but I've just seen to find that credit units are definitely more friendlier <laughs> than banks, mm-hmm. and I totally, I totally recommend them. Um, I have both, you know, because I started off having a bank as a young girl. My grandmother set me up on a bank account. Yeah. And then as I got older, I decided that I wanted to also have something with a credit unit. And, you know, I, I've been with U.S. Bank since I was, like, 16. They've never given me any, like, money back. And these years I've been with educators, I've always gotten at least 20-something, you know, some money back from them, from me having a, where they just, in December each year, here's money back to all of you guys as our owners. Like, basically a dividend. Yeah. I've never got that from U.S. Bank. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it, and I always recommend it. Nice. Okay. Now I'm going to have to go check out some credit use myself. <laughs> Are there any kind that you kind of really recommend here in Milwaukee? Um, educators. Educators? Yeah, that's, 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 educators, and I've heard things like UW credit is also really good, but educators have, you know, been a blessing for me. Nice. Okay. Most definitely going to check them out. I feel that, uh, like, our generation... Uh, just because of all the access to information that we have, I feel like we most definitely grasped a hold to it. And I feel like our generation just different. Like, we want to be that change. Like, no more type thing. <laughs> so, what are some things <laughs> What are some things you would recommend to how to kind of um, give those same, like, better practices when it comes to finances to our children? So, are, are there any kind of things you can recommend to possibly how to teach our children about finances and things like that? Get them prepared now? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need to start early. I don't ever think that, you know, you make it to teenagers and things like that. You know, once you start educating them as far as school and reading things like that, you need to make sure financial literacy is a part of their curriculum from day one. And they'll understand why mama does it know when it comes to certain things, you know. Usually every every year almost almost around this time are a lot of festivals, such as like space scary, you know, unfortunately. Yep. 
Are there any events you have coming up, or how can people get in contact with you if they want to follow up and things like that? Yes, please. If you are on Facebook, um, please follow my page, Finance Girl with the U by Jaquila Ross. Um, if you are on Instagram, my um, Instagram name is Finance Girl. Also, my Twitter page is Finance Girl, and I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Jaquila Ross. So all of those pages, you know, and I and I also have a page on YouTube so you can subscribe to Finance or I mean to Jacuzzi Rock on YouTube where you know I have posted a lot of my Finance Friday videos. Um, so not every Friday but you know, some Fridays throughout the month I do post videos just simply talking about something. Whether it's about taxes, about budgeting, um, in this up and it's funny that you talk to somebody about how to recycle the black data black dollar because now that tax season is over, that is something that I'm going to be touching on. Not only how do we cycle the black dollar, but also how black businesses, what, what do we need to do to make sure that we're operating professionally and efficiently and things as such. Yeah. Um, so, be sure, you know, to definitely follow me on those different um, social media platforms. I don't currently have any events coming up. I'm, I'm working on a few things, but I, I, I keep up to date with my content on my um, finance world pages. Nice, nice, nice. There you have it, people. We got some tips and everything for you guys so we can get you going. Thank you so much, Ms. Ross, for joining us today. I appreciate you. And make sure you guys connect with her, follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff so you guys can start changing your life financially and setting yourself up for success. All right, you guys, we are out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, you're now tuned into Epic Talks, the podcast number one for real with Jay Phoenix.